Greetings. Has the loneliness epidemic struck you too? Ever wonder how you can do your part in reducing loneliness? Maybe helping others to feel emotionally safe? Well, these are things that we can actually proactively do. And this is podcast 11 in the series of how to be a competent self-manager for health and well-being. My name is Lori Olson, and I'd like to continue the discussion from podcasts 8, 9, and 10 about how, how to really connect with people in a meaningful way to reduce emotional isolation and to build connectedness and emotional intimacy. Very important things. Without these things, we feel terribly alone. Humans are wired to connect. And if you're feeling like, well, not me, I'm fine alone. I'm, I, I do better without people. Then you're basically saying you've learned to put up walls to protect yourself because being in a relationship has been very painful for you. Maybe ever since you were a little child. But that doesn't mean it's the optimal state for you. And it can manifest itself in lots of different ways. Just not feeling the best, most competent version of you. So this active listening skill is for for actually anyone that has a human brain because it helps us be more fully ourselves. And, And that is because we make ourselves fully known in a way that doesn't impose our version of the world as truth on someone else who has their version of the world. Because we all have different perspectives based on the experiences we have, what we've learned, how we felt about things, our temperament, and so forth. And otherwise, one person's truth would be as if it's fact, and we know that's not the case. Everyone sees things a little differently, which makes it a very rich and diverse place to live. So ultimately, active listening says, I see it this way, what about you? I don't impose my version of the world on you, but boy, I'm curious to know what is it like being you? And we can accept, understand, and validate each other without having to agree. Okay, this is that classic, we can agree to disagree sort of thing. So we left off last time by saying that there are many uh, variations of those active listening skills, which include those I statements, which allows a person to be accountable for what their point of view is. I'm ripping angry, or I'm really confused, or I don't like that. I'm filled with joy when I say that. It could be anything, but it owns, I own it. What and how questions really invite the other person, the speaker, or the listener to better describe the emotions that they're experiencing. They're process questions. They help a person really consider what is going on instead of the why question when you're emotional. Why is a a question that elicits facts from the logical part of your brains, the reasoning part of your brains. We've already learned from those other podcasts that if you're an emotional state and you're speaking to an emotional person with reasons it's as if the two of you are speaking different languages Um, an emotional person does not want someone coming at them with reasons including advice even if it's well-meaning meaning well-intended advice comes across as being i know and you don't i got it i'm competent you're not Um, i'm up here and you're down there It, it contributes to the great divide So other kinds of statements, um, what and how questions invite 
the unique perspective of the other person. Tell me more is also another invitation to help the other person express what's going on with them. And when you use things like seems like or sounds like, you're really reflecting back. This is what what you're saying looks like to me. Not claiming it this is I've got the truth now because you said this. It's saying when I hear that, it seems like or it sounds like they're reflective statements. And so the purpose of doing it is so that if you're misunderstanding that other person, the other person can make the correction going, no, it's it's not that. It's really more like this. Because you're, you know, when you're saying seems like or sounds like, it's still your interpretation of what's going on for the other person. And the other person gets to clarify, is that is that accurate? And it gets rid of misunderstandings. And it also helps the person that's being heard really feel that they are being understood after all. Right? So tell me more is another invitation. Seems like or sounds like reflects. And I wonder is a very useful kind of guiding statement that helps the other person think in the direction that, that you want them to think about without telling them and giving them advice. And I wonder if you have any idea of what the, how that comes across to me. I wonder if there are any other ways that you that you could approach this. See, it's not saying you need to do it this way, you need to do it that way, because those are off-putting statements. So here are the type of statements that are off-putting, and they may accidentally hurt and rupture relationships when someone's emotional and you come across as not really getting them, but actually maybe inadvertently coming across as being dismissive or hostile or judgmental. So we can start with the classic you statement. New statements feel attacking and blaming. You always, well, yeah, we know the all or nothing statements. You always, you never. Those are, wow, brutal statements when someone's emotional. Feels so condemning. Can elicit lots of feelings of shame. That, you know, way go way back. Very powerfully painful experiences. And it just feels like somebody just poking and stabbing somebody with those kind of statements. You statements feel attacking and blaming. Of course, blame feels very critical. Labeling. Labeling is just really uh, putting somebody in a box. You are just that powerful just word. Just, just this. Just this little label, which, which can be anything. Um, but when you put it in a label sort of thing, it can, it can be the intent to demean. Judgments say, I'm up here and you're down there. I'm better than you. Uh, judgments of all kinds and shapes and sizes. Um, People know when they're being judged. And judgment, the person who judges, is coming from their own fear place. I need to make myself feel better, so I put myself up here and judge that you're less than in some way. The person in the less than position, that stinks, right? That really feels shame-evoking. So um, we have sarcasm, which a lot of people will argue. Sarcasm, I'm... I'm just so sarcastic as if that means I'm witty. No, sarcasm and witty are not the same thing. Sarcasm is I'm laughing, you are not. I am laughing at your expense. That means I'm getting power out of being one-upping you. All right? Sarcasm is not okay. It's a power struggle set up. It's, a, it's an attack defense. I will make myself feel better by making you small. Even if it's just seemingly... You know, under the guise of being innocent, the person who's receiving the sarcasm never likes it. And to add insult to injury, a lot of times people being sarcastic will then accuse the person of not having a sense of humor. 
or to lighten up. Wow, that's a real no-win situation. So then there's all or nothing statements, which we mentioned before, the always, never, and that's just awful because nobody can ever be either this or all that. Uh, that would require them to be perfectly um, negative or perfectly um, doing something, and we know no perfection exists. Uh, perfect perfection's on the no list as well. Catastrophizing, you know, thinking that, you know, chicken little, the sky is falling over every little thing. Mind reading, ooh, terrible stuff. You know, when somebody says, I know exactly what you mean, even if they're well-intended, the answer is, no, you don't. You don't have any idea what, it might, I'm, what I might mean. Or maybe you know a little bit. But when you say, I know exactly what you mean, that also diminishes the person's experience as unique and lays your perspective on top of them. Because no one knows what anyone else means unless we actually ask them. There's fortune telling, you're not going to amount to anything, you know, that's more uh, catastrophizing combined with future um, predicting. Needing to be right, ooh, that's like in the, in the realm of judgment, I'm up here and you're down there, I'm right, you're wrong. The person who needs to be right, even if you are right with your facts, it's not an active listening thing if you need to parade around your rightness, because your rightness says, I'm, I'm in the one-up position, okay? And it creates that power struggle. Lots of things create power struggles. And the reality is if you're hearing things like that's unfair or feeling that's just so unfair, there's a power differential between you and whoever um, you're speaking with or you need to communicate with. And if you're feeling in the one-down position, it's because the unfairness is because they're asserting something over you. Subjugation of some sort feels awful. Uh, perfectionism, as we said, is this un unrealistic expectation, and therefore a lot of judgment that you know falls short of that mark. And of course, you know the list goes on and on. A lot of these things are connected with each other, so it's best to focus on building just those active listening skills. Because you know, if you're staying in those guidelines, or those those bullet points, those I messages, those how and um, and what questions, tell me more, seems like, sounds like. And I know, and you know, you know, all those kinds of things that we just mentioned this uh, earlier in this, earlier in this um, podcast, and the other ones. You're going to go a long way of getting what it's like for be someone else. Remember, you have to accept that this is their point of view. Um, stay away from interpreting their intentions. You can say it seems like to me, and that's a good reflection of what your that looks like. But you don't stick with it. Like this, no, no, no. This is the truth. I heard you say that. You ask for clarification. And if you still, you know, don't quite like it, don't get it. You say, I'm still confused. That's an I statement. I'm liking where this is going. I need to reflect a while. It seems inconsistent. That's fine. It doesn't mean you have, there doesn't have to be agreement. What it has to be is a sense of articulating what it is that you're feeling and listening to what the other person is feeling. So next time in the podcast 12, we're going to go into how important, how critically important it is in relationships to be able to make effective repairs. People can throw that sorry word out lots and lots of times, and sorry can really get, get beaten like an old rug and feel kind of worthless, okay? So we're going to talk about how important it is to make really meaningful repairs and what that does for feeling emotionally connected and reducing emotional isolation. And of course, that means not feeling loneliness. 
Okay, I'm Lori Olson. I'm a psychotherapist. Please listen to the, um, all the podcasts in the series, How to Be a Competent Self-Manager for Health and Well-Being, to help reduce any experiences of anxiety and depression so prevalent in our Western society around the world. Very, 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 um, very harsh environment we create for ourselves, very isolating environment that really contributes to all these things, anxiety, depression, and the whole bevy of other other uh, diagnostic labels. Remember, it's not who you are. It's what you've accidentally learned to do early on when you were just a little tiny kid, just trying to do the best you could to be in relationship with the people who are most important with you, your family, and your, especially your parents. Anyway, Lori Olson, and you can find these um, on iTunes, and you can also find them archived on my Facebook page, uh, Discover Me PG. That's Facebook.com, Discover Me PG. My website, Lori um, at ADP Therapy, is my email address, and the website is adptherapy.com. Please reach out and ask me your questions. I'm happy. I'm happy to help.